Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy and Ben Slowey. On this very freezing morning, um, it's like negative two outside. Um, so we're staying inside and doing a podcast today. Um, it's morning, still kind of waking up here. And uh, joining me, I have um, singer, songwriter, poet, um, who uh, dropped a couple new singles this past year. Um, the songs are What's the Rush or And Resurrected. Um, but she's got a new book of her lyrics and poetry called Opia, which is uh, now available for pre-order. And uh, I'm excited to talk to her all about what she does and why she does it. Thank you so much for joining me, Fiona Blue. Thanks for having me. This is neat. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I like to think it's neat. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that's why I do it so much, I guess. Um, but how are you this morning? I'm well, I'm hanging in there. I'm nice and cozy indoors, so I can't complain, right? Totally. I like your uh, your plant uh, that's hanging out, hanging out in the background there. Thank you. It's called a lipstick plant. Oh, uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, the, the little flowers, they grow and they look like a, a lipstick and then they like open up that is so quaint <laughs> <laughs> where'd you get it from um i think i got this one from steins okay yeah yeah I, i've been thinking about getting into house plants this year we'll see what happens i kind of joined the craze when quarantine hit because it was like oh my gosh we're gonna have to be in, indoors all the time and I went and bought probably way too many and I think maybe a little more than half are still surviving so that's pretty good for me <laughs> good. oh that's great yeah I, I think that's something about the you know just keeping looking after something keeping something alive during these times is very rewarding yeah. um so that might bring, bring nature in too, you know, like yeah. at, in the beginning, we were all afraid to even just leave our house. So I was like, okay, I need some greenery, some life inside here. <laughs> totally. So yeah, might become a plant daddy this year. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um, so, um, so Fiona Blue, what we talk about in Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And so uh, I first saw you uh, a little over a year ago um, around this time. It was at Circle A and it looked a lot like it does right now outside, I remember. Sure. Yeah. That was, it was a quiet, gentle evening of, um, I think you guys were, it, it was like you and two other two other uh, musicians and you were all like kind of going down the line doing songs. Yeah, that was a good night. We were doing love songs because it was almost Valentine's Day, which I just, I'm, if you know me, you know I'm a huge fan of love songs. So that was, that was a fun night to just get to play some with my friends. Um, yeah, geez, that was like a year ago. It was, and uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, I remember I lived like right across the street from Circle A at the time. So I was like, eh, quiet Sunday evening or whatever it was. Uh, I'm going to hop on over to the bar and uh, interview this girl. 
because uh, I'd seen your name around a couple times. And um, I remember it was like just me and the bartender, like uh, when we when the show started. But there are a couple more patrons by the end of the night. So it was definitely a small show. I think it's tough to ask people to come out on a Sunday evening in the snow. <laughs> Well, it's not hard to ask me to do that, so. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I appreciated you being there. <laughs> hell yeah, D totally. Um, we talked about doing this episode for um, almost that long, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I know you're busy with school, so I'm glad we could finally do it now. Um, so I guess before we talk about everything that's going on now, uh, let's take it back a little bit. And uh, well, so... Uh, Fiona Blue, are you originally from Milwaukee? I am, yeah. Well, here's the thing. And I don't want to hear any BS about Illinois. <laughs> I was born in Illinois, but my parents moved like right after I was born, like probably a month old. They moved to the Great West Dallas, lived there till I was like five, and then they moved to Franklin. And so like, I went to Franklin High School. Um, but I loved on the weekends, getting to go downtown. And yeah, so I'm, I feel like I'm from Milwaukee. So, that's hey, That's cool. Um, Where did you go to high school? So I'm actually from Illinois. Um, ah! <laughs> born and raised, I can't claim that Milwaukee shit up until college. Um, oh, nice. I grew up, I grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago, and I came to Milwaukee in 2014 for UWM, and uh, yeah, I have had no reason to leave. I love Milwaukee too much. Um, by no means, um, you know, am I like uh, Milwaukee bred, but I do claim Milwaukee as I feel like I've been here long enough to still claim it as like, yeah, this is my town. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's your home, it's your home, right? That's right. And uh, that means for all of its uh, beauty and all of its flaws. For sure. Yeah. So, okay. Well, let's, so when you were like, when you were younger, when you were a kid, yeah. what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a veterinarian. <laughs> Okay. Or an artist or an art teacher. Okay. Well, I guess you kind of sort of uh, uh, lived into that when you got older. Doing yeah. art. Yeah, I still do some art. I mean, I got my bachelor's in fine art. I was kind of headed in that direction. Um, and then I realized it's hard to find a job with a bachelor's in fine art. <laughs> <laughs> Feel that. Um, yeah, and I learned pretty quick in school that I'm not good at math or science, so the Same. vet was out. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, God, I I picked a, a career path to do as little math as possible. Oh yeah, yeah. Math is the worst. I just had to take a statistics course about a year ago now and I was like terrified terrified to start it it's like a whole 
other language to me. And my professor was so gracious. And she told me at the beginning of the class, she was like, I know a lot of you. I think the class was either all women or close to all women. And she said, I know a lot of you have probably been told your entire life that you are not good at math. And I'm here to tell you that you can do this. And I was just like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> she believes in me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. So, that's what I got through. I think I got an AB, which is the best grade I've gotten in a math related class ever. So fuck yeah, Fiona. Good <laughs> shit. Um, you can do it. Yeah. I remember my yeah. mom always told me that about stats too. She's like, Oh, I think you could actually like I think you'd actually be good at it because you're like you're super like, you know, organized and shit, and like that would go well with stats, but I never took stats. I it's still seemed too yucky. I remember my like advanced math class I had to take in college. It took elementary logic, which was a huge huh. mistake. I probably should have taken stats. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, even know what elementary logic is about. Like how? It's in the what? philosophy department. It's like logically like constructing arguments with proofs and shit like that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, yeah that shit was trash that was the worst grade i got in college um i got a d um but hey that's why we uh uh write about music talk in front of a camera and uh shoot the shit because that that's not math and uh i'm i'm and i'm fine with that so and yeah with you i mean you uh you make art and you're in grad school for mm -hmm. uh for what counseling right yeah and i've got a dual major clinical mental health and clinical re blah, 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 rehabilitation <laughs> counseling it's so long i always feel bad like saying the title to people when they ask what i go to school for <laughs> oh, yeah. but you have to like rehearse that a couple times yeah yeah well um doesn't sound like you're doing too much math either Thank goodness, no. I think I just had the stats and one other semi-stat related class and, and done with the math. Good. <laughs> there you go. So, um, yeah, I guess I'd love to hear a little bit about like sort of like your artistic beginnings. So tell me a little bit about when music first kind of like appeared as a creative outlet for yourself. Like how did it sort of all start? Hmm. Um, I mean, I've always, always loved music as far back as I can remember. I remember being in elementary school and having seen the musical Grease and my friends and I literally would put on a show at recess singing the songs from Grease. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, so there's that, and we would kind of write our like cheesy, just dumb songs together, you know, that we could sing. And um, I think in high school, after my parents got divorced and my life just, I don't know, you know, wasn't feeling too great. I really like sunk into music being a cathartic thing for me and being an outlet. And I started to write like kind of more real songs, kind of not, but 
I would say that was the beginning of like really sinking into it being a an outlet for me. For sure, totally. Um, what were like some of your um, influences with like, you know, writing and doing your sound and stuff? Um, you mean like when I kind of developed more like when I first like made yeah. Fiona Blue or yeah. yeah I would say so um so there's this artist she's kind of big kind of not big she's very she looms very big in my heart um her her artist name is called Danielle ate the sandwich mm. I don't know if you've heard of her um interesting okay but she I just found her on YouTube like she wrote these gorgeous songs with her ukulele and that like she really inspired me to pick up a ukulele mm -hmm. um so i love her i think i told you i picked the name fiona because well one i love the name but i also love fiona apple hell yeah i love <laughs> her songwriting um, she she dropped like a really good album last year i remember yeah um what oh my gosh what was it called I don't know. It feels so I long ago. I picture the cover. I'm such a visual person. It's black and it's got the lightning bolts and yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it was it was spectacular. I remember. I need to listen to it again. Yeah, yeah. She's crazy. She's wonderful. So I kind of, I, yeah. I definitely followed those two. I was a big fan of the Swell Season. Mm. Yeah. You know them? I love Glenn yeah. Hansard. He's like, he's my ultimate musician crush i i literally have like dreams about him where we're singing together <laughs> oh, that's so, yeah and like his passion for writing and especially singing like when you hear him sing it's just like his whole heart is coming out you know so i think those were the people that i was looking to when i was just like going through it and i need to get, to get stuff out of me and yeah oh that's beautiful that's awesome um those are great influences to have i remember like i kind of got into singer songwriters such as the ones you named um i used to be really like obsessed with like um like late night tv music performances so like okay. i would watch like i wouldn't even really watch the show like the interviews but i loved watching like letterman and like conan and craig yeah, the music yeah. cast. And, but there were a lot of singer-songwriters that would appear. And so that's how I kind of got into, like, like you said, Gwen Hansard, Brett yeah. Denon, uh, she cool. and him. Oh, you yeah. Know? <laughs> you know, like, that's how I, like, kind of learned about who is who. Um, sure. But, but, yeah, I mean, there's such a, there's definitely such, like, a, a potency, you know, when the, the, the man or the woman or whoever like just with a guitar up with the mic in the beam of light um is just something there's something just so like profound about that um it's so honest it's so bare like there's not many moments in our culture and like in our regular interactions in society that are like that you know like you're all out there you know, 
there's no facade, there's no mask or lying or like pretending to be somebody or not. Like when you're up there, it's it's whatever you is coming out of you, you know? Totally. You become like a monument of vulnerability and honesty and conviction. And I love that. Yeah. That's that's why I love interviewing singer-songwriters, because you know, it's like you don't have like a whole project or a band all the time to like kind of um blend into. Um it's mm -hmm. all your personal uh feelings and emotions and ideas that are the centerpiece of what people are you know uh identifying with here so when so when did so you started kind of like you really started pouring into the music thing like in high school you said um so when was like the first time you like um like were you doing like open mics like when was the first time you really played in front of people Oh man. Um, well, here's the thing about me. Sorry, my cat is like clawing at my mail. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, I have always, and still, I have like terrible stage anxiety, stage fright. Um, so I didn't even like sing in front of a person until it was like 2014 so the year i was graduating undergrad um so yeah i would just i would literally sing in my bedroom close the door like just sing alone and sometimes my brother would be home but i would know that he would have his gaming headphones on and <laughs> just like belt stuff out in my bedroom um but yeah and then i I started to date somebody who was a longtime friend, a longtime incredible musician, and he was getting involved in our church and um, playing and singing for the, the worship services. And he was like, you need to audition for this. You need to like sing up there. And I was so terrified, like for a while, I was just like, no, no, it's not happening. No, I'm not doing it. And then um, I grew closer with the music director there and I started to feel more comfortable with him. So I played and sang him a song. Um, it was A Long Road Home by Patty Griffin. And um, ever since then, I was brought into the musical family there. Um, he had started this Christian bluegrass band called Rhythm and Hum. Oh was so much fun that sounds and I fun ended up, yeah i ended up being like a lead singer in that which i would have never expected or thought that i could even do but it was kind of a place where like everybody was supporting me and my comfort was growing and i was getting more confident and then that band kind of fell apart because my friend was fired from the church budgetary reasons and um so after that I was like really missing connecting with people and performing so I decided in it was just I think it was just 2018 um February of 2018 I did my first open mic at Linneman's oh hell yeah so <laughs> 
good for you. That's, I mean, that's, it's courageous. I mean, totally. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it for your first time. Oh yeah, I was definitely a nervous mess. And, you know, I have a bad habit of usually letting the audience know that beforehand, like, <laughs> go easy on me, I'm so nervous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the nice yeah. thing about the nice thing about that, though, especially in this community, is like people are pretty sympathetic to that. I've found, yeah. like, you know, like for example, like I love finding new artists that are really like taking a stab at, you know, this medium. Um, mm -hmm. and might or, might be still like pretty fresh into it, and uh, um, and just like giving people a chance to just like do their best and uh, you know be honest with themselves um in that kind of forum sure. is fucking badass so i i love like and a lot of people in riverwest are very supportive of that are like hey if you want to try this out like we're gonna be here we're gonna clap you on we're gonna cheer you on and we're gonna like yeah. you know we're gonna like hope to see you stick with it so yeah Oh, totally. I felt so much support at Lindemann's, um, so much so that I kept going back, like, literally almost every week to practice performing, because <laughs> they were so kind, and yeah, it was definitely, like, a, a whole new music family that I was really grateful to find. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, from that on, you kind of started, like, what was your first, like, booked gig as Fiona um, well, so I played my first open mic and then Jim Lineman asked me to do the feature. Um, so that, I, I don't know, does that count? That was kind of my first sure. yeah. like, booked thing. Um, and then Kola asked me to play a show with him. Shout out to Kola. <laughs> <laughs> with him and Chris Heisey at Angelo's Piano Bar. That was kind of my first real gig so that I've was never i've actually never been there um what's the vibe like there it was neat i mean it's kind of a smaller space and i was really like thrilled that we packed it and it was just it was it was nice it was like homey they had i think like little string lights and this was back when Kello was doing his like jam and toast thing so we were literally making toast with a toaster in the corner <laughs> most cola thing ever <laughs> yeah um so yeah it was it was like probably the perfect venue for my first thing you know yeah that's fun that's comfortable yeah um you did a uh, nausicaa didn't you i did yeah big shout out to matt too yeah um, he's a he's a boon to the diy scene for sure oh yeah he's he's amazing and i loved playing there like it was such a welcoming warm room and i like i said normally i get really nervous because i'm being really vulnerable but they were all so sweet and yeah matt is just awesome and i'm so proud of him for speaking out about the things that he's speaking out about right now um yeah so you started uh um dropping a couple songs from that point on. I'm just like, um, 
several of your songs, starting with Dear December, appeared yeah. on um, DSPs. And then I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the, the songs you've dropped in the last year. Um, so What's the Rush came out in April. Um, I'd love to kind of hear of sort of like the story behind this song. And uh, um, yeah, it's kind of like what your inspiration was behind it. Oh boy. Well, it sounds like a, it's, it's a tricky song because it sounds happy, um, but it's actually about like a really horrible time <laughs> in my life. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. And I don't, do you want to know like the whole backstory or what? Yeah. I mean, if whatever you're comfortable talking <clears throat> about. Um, okay. It's essentially about, I, I moved to another state. I moved to North Carolina to be with somebody who was in the military. Um, I moved down there. We were only together for six months. So it was kind of a quick thing. That's kind of the, the play on the title is nobody's ever said, what's the rush, you know, like, why are you doing this? Um, but we were in love and, you know, planning on getting married and all this stuff um and I lived down there for about a year and he was gonna be deployed and I decided to move back home for the deployment because I just I just wanted to be near family and friends for a really hard time you know that he was going to be in a dangerous place and I was just going to be alone in North Carolina <laughs> so I moved back home and Upon moving back home, because uh, I kind of, we moved all of our stuff together and I was just going to like hang on to his things for him while he was out of the country. Um, and I discovered while we were unpacking a bunch of um, photographs of another girl in her underwear. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. So a lot transpired I you know learned a lot and I definitely was not with the person that I thought he was um so that's that's really what inspired the song was <laughs> that whole experience and like just you know I always thought like well if you take big risks you get big rewards and this will be fun. I'll move down there to another state after six months. It'll be like a wonderful love story. And really, um, it was just like, I don't know. I still find it hard to put into words. I guess that's why I just write songs about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I can't imagine. Like, that's, God, fuck that. Yeah. Fuck, fuck that. <laughs> um. Well, yeah, it was, it was rough. And then I kind of looked like the bad guy because I ended our relationship while he was deployed, you know? So it was like, I don't know. It was just a mess. It was definitely a mess. <laughs> well, in your defense, he did do that to himself. Um, uh, okay. Well, thank you for sharing that story. <laughs> I'm laying it all out. I can get real vulnerable with you. Oh, for sure. Well, that's what we're here for. Um, yeah. Resurrected. Um, so this one, 
I remember I remember covering this song and breaking and entering over the summer when it dropped. And uh, it's really like got a cute melody. Like <laughs> I was like, um, yeah, it's no, actually I, a kalimba. I don't know if you know, what, the, but it's it's the little thumb picks for oh, the oh, sure. wood box with the hole. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, I yeah, okay, sure. Um, yeah, I just thought um, it was a it was a it's a melody that makes you smile, but I'm sure mm. this one has a a potent story behind it as well. Um, just given the title. So uh, would you like to share a little bit more about this song? Sure. Um, it's actually not as potent or painful as What's the Rush. It's more, <laughs> it's more, to be honest, I kind of pieced together a few different like sayings or poems that were kind of floating around in my notebook and I really wanted to make a song using the kalimba because I had just gotten it. <laughs> yeah. And um, so it's kind of, you know, it's called Resurrected because I kind of wanted it to sound dreamy and like I was kind of bringing like the past, past loves, whatever you want to consider it, um, back into the present moment. And I, I guess it, it does stem from a specific moment of hearing a friend of mine play a song that kind of like shot me back to another time when I first heard it and I was with this person. And um, so it's about like hearing, you know, hearing that song and like all of a sudden like he's present there with me, even though we haven't spoken in, you know, however long. and. So it's just kind of that idea of like, even though you might have like lost somebody or, you know, people aren't in your life anymore, your memories are still really strong mm. and like so strong that you can imagine them there with you right now, you know? Oh. Um, so yeah, it's not really like as painful. It's almost like an ode to that I was with and in a way like miss because we were friends you know like yeah 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 um so it's kind of like a, a nostalgia that can be positive yeah. or negative um depending on you know whatever it totally. is that comes to mind I mean I kind of been thinking a lot like a lot about um, um, my parents moved out of my childhood home last summer mm. and uh, now they live in Michigan and uh, it's interesting because like when I still think of like my family and I still think of like you know being back home I'm still I'm still you know in Flossmore, Illinois yeah like, in my memories but yeah. really now they're in Ann Arbor, Michigan and uh, like still imagining myself coming back there like when I think of home sure but um and it's it's bittersweet you know like there's positive and negative emotions that come with that but yeah um yeah I 
I uh, think that's a very uh, powerful sentiment. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I, I, my mom also moved out of like my childhood home a couple years ago, and that's such a unique feeling. Like it's a unique pain and a unique nostalgia and a unique longing of like, oh my gosh, like this is really like closing a chapter on like, who I was, you know. I'm, I'm yeah. sure you felt that. Totally, especially when place is so associated with memory. Yeah. Like all of my, you know, tears and traumas occurred here. Sure. Uh, or my, you know, biggest wins and victories and joys also occurred here. And like, yeah. now it's just an empty building. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a really, um, visceral you feel it, it very, yeah uh, you do feel it very deep but yeah well that's yeah thank you for sharing uh, uh a little bit more about that song um sure. before we talk about your book um i wanted to ask like uh what um in terms of songs right now um are you planning on uh, releasing anything more in the next couple months oh i wish um yeah i wish <laughs> i really i really like i've been having so much fun with my project with riley mischief and magpies um but i really like other than that haven't been playing or singing or like i've been writing but not with my guitar and it's just it's weird. It's just a busy time in my life. Like most of my brain space and time is taken up by school. Mm-hmm. So what little energy I have left, I'm like putting into these other little creative projects and I'm hoping, hoping the wave of songwriting and recording will come soon, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I get that. It's, it's a weird time to be, you know, um, to be like allocating your focus on several things at once. Um, yeah. But speaking of mischief and magpies, I'd love to hear a little bit more. I remember you announced this project not too long after that gig, uh, the Circle A gig, because Riley was playing there that night, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I saw you and him were doing this uh, new project. I'd love to hear a little bit about just kind of what you guys are doing. Yeah, um, I mean, Riley and I have been pals since my first open mic night at Liniman's. So we've really enjoyed playing together and singing together. And we were kind of, you know, once quarantine hit, um, we were both writing sort of along a similar storyline, which was kind of like this love that wasn't working out, but then it works out, but then the world is ending. <laughs> So um, we kind of just thought like, what the heck, we should really just make a project out of this and go for it. Um, so yeah, it's it's been really fun. We've got four original songs along that, that storyline. Um, and we, our intentions for my winter break off of school was to record these songs or at least start recording them. Um, 
but then he was working overtime. He finally got time off work. So he wanted to be with his family. I wanted to be with my family. And it was just like, okay, this just isn't the right time yet. But we still plan on recording those, um, which I think will, I think it'll do really well. I think people will like it. Um, I'm very proud of the pieces that we have. I think Riley being such an incredible story songwriter has like inspired me and taken my songwriting to a different level when it's with him so yeah I'm really proud of what we've got and I hope we can put it out <laughs> sometime soon uh, <sighs> yeah I know it's hard to really set your expectations anywhere yeah but yeah you just don't know what's gonna happen you know I know and yeah. it's so uncomfortable it is. Um, but shout out to Riley. Shout out to yeah, shout out Wolf to with Virginia, his project. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 He's incredible. He's definitely one of the greatest musicians. You know, I just love him. He's awesome. Hell yeah. Go. <laughs> good, good. Um, so, Opia. Uh, this, this book of your, and it's self published, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah of your poetry and lyrics um so you've been promoting this the last couple of weeks and i know that um um i believe you said february 26 is when uh orders start actually shipping out mm -hmm. um so uh i don't really know where to start with uh, this this line of questioning here but i guess uh, <laughs> when um like where did the idea come of like that you wanted to you know, put your poetry and lyrics all in one place in a book like this? Um, it's been something that I have wanted to do forever. Like just ever since I started writing, um, it's kind of just been this like far off thing that I've been aspiring to do. <clears throat> kind of always felt like, well, oh, my pieces aren't good enough. How am I gonna figure all this out, you know? How the heck is this even a possibility? But it's always been on my list to publish a book. Um, and then my friend Bryn, I think you know her, Bryn Lorraine. She I do, yes. Yeah. Um, tall, frizzy hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gorgeous, curly hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Bryn. She was actually on the show like a year and a half ago. Um, oh, nice. Talking about so far sounds a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so she she published a book of her poetry. Um, I'm trying to think of when it was. I think it was last year. And just holding hers in my hands, it was like, well, maybe I can do this. <laughs> you know, it was like, I was so inspired by her and like saw her opening or paving this path where it was like, okay, this, is, this could be a real possibility for me. I've always wanted to do this. Why not just go for it? Yeah. So that's when I started really like compiling them and designing it. And yeah. Awesome. Got her up here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it feels um, so good to hold. It's weird. It's such a weird oh, feeling. Yeah. Like when I yeah. got it in the mail, it was just like, uh. It's, it's palpable passion. Yeah, it's, you can hold, it's years worth of yeah. 
work and experiences and yeah it's wild yeah oh yeah that's that's awesome um so like so i guess that kind of begs the question of like a little bit more of like so i know you said you really love love songs mm -hmm. uh, obviously as you know themes uh kind of um you know play out in your songs so yeah in terms of like your poetry i want to hear a little bit about like uh what kind of like has driven you to write poems and like you know if you feel like you feel you feel like you're in like a specific kind of mode or like uh type of feeling when you're like kind of creating these pieces like I guess like mm -hmm. what what how would you kind of describe like you know the place your poetry is coming from I think that's an awesome question and I love how you phrased that <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> um I would say my poetry comes from two places one of one place is usually some experience or pain that I'm trying to make into something beautiful. And the other place, it's like, and I've heard other artists talk about this too, and it sounds so out there and mystical and kind of like, oh yeah, okay, you know, but it really is like a creative wave. Um, and I can't even think of the author's name right now, but I remember her writing about this woman who was a poet and she said that her poetry came in on the wind. Like she was living in a poor town on a farm and she'd be outside playing and she would like feel a breeze coming. And she said like she could feel, <laughs> it's so wild, this poem like on the breeze. So she would like run into the house, grab a piece of paper and a pencil and just like, jot it all down super quick mm. and I know that sounds crazy but that is sometimes how it feels for me where I'll like wake up in the middle of the night or if I'm just up late or or something just random happens where it like inspires like a thought or a, you know a train of something and it's like it just comes out out of nowhere <laughs> it sounds a little crazy and like you know I always think too, like, how are people going to connect to this? But then I also think of like the collective unconscious, which yeah. is, some, you know, you don't have to believe in that or, you know, whatever. But I do think that we're all connected in some way. And I think that there's inspiration that does come through to people from nowhere. So, I yeah, I would say like a lot of it is from me and my experiences, but a lot of it too is just from it hitting me, like it just coming to me and coming out on the paper. Totally. That's beautiful. I love that. It's sounds like it, it's a combination of creative instinct, you know, like this is just sure. how you uh, make sense of feelings and thoughts and ideas. Um, totally. Just from you know, uh, what you specialize in, but I think that there is something to be said about what you, you call the collective unconscious of like the, the way that energy and spirit just kind of like travels from one 
space to another um, in a, a very like metaphysical way. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, people have their own answers for that, but right. But whatever it is that you know you subscribe to, something is there. Right. And uh, and so like it 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 makes sense. And um, yeah, I mean, I feel like kind of uh, I feel the same way about, you know, occurrences in my own life, you know, like that the right people or the right things or the right opportunities or the right trials, you know, all kind of like, you know, totally. they, things kind of align, you know, you see some patterns or parallels or stuff like that. So um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's cool. Um, you know, kind of the way you articulated that um and like the place it comes from so that all said what is so what does the word opia mean i've heard this word a couple times uh but never under like never knew what it meant like what what is that sure i'm gonna read you the definition because i included it in the beginning here Fuck yes <laughs> <laughs> Because, yeah, I came across this word years and years ago, and I looked up the definition, and it was off of this website called the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. Huh. So I was like, all right, already a fan. Love that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it says that opia is a noun. It means the ambiguous intensity of looking someone in the eye which can feel simultaneously invasive and vulnerable. Their pupils glittering, bottomless and opaque, as if you were peering through a hole in the door of a house, able to tell that there's someone standing there, but unable to tell if you're looking in or looking out. So I really loved that to sum up my book because it is really vulnerable. It is like people are going to be looking me directly in the eye <laughs> yeah. for this intense eye contact. And it, the part about, you know, not knowing if you're looking in or looking out, like I want to be telling my experiences or telling stories that people can connect to where it's like, oh my gosh, this feels like me. You know what I mean? Like whether they're looking in at me or themselves. So, yeah. Yeah, I just lived vicariously into your words for a sec there. Like, <laughs> it's, that's so interesting. I've, like, I relate a lot to that too. Um, I, like, yeah, where it's like, you don't, you don't always know, like, when you're inviting someone in or if you're being invited in. Mm, yes some level of like um like uh shared like shared collective space of like energy like what what are you giving and taking sure. and uh, oh, I, I like the that. eye contact part of it too because like yeah I don't like I don't I mean it's not that I have a, a problem looking people in the eye but it feels aggressive sometimes. You know, it's like what, kind of what you're saying, invasive. Like it does kind of feel like um, like there's a level of intimidation that comes with that like piercing uh, uh, peripheral yeah. 
vision. Um, I mean, that's like a main uh, aggressive move, move in the animal kingdom, right? Where like animals will like stare each other down, <laughs> yeah. you know, give that intense eye contact to intimidate the other one to back down. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's also really interesting that I just kind of realized in this interview is, what? and you might've noticed this if you, um, if you use like Zoom or video chat a lot, but how, what, what appears to be like direct eye contact with us is that us actually looking down at you because the camera's up here, but you're down here. Right. So it's like, if, I, if I'm looking at the camera right now, <laughs> like that's we like what- We can't be it, looking at each other, right. Right, like the eye, like, yeah, we, we can't be looking at each other, A. B, it's like, it looks like I'm actually staring at you right now with this, right. with like, the, it kind of like the Mona Lisa, where it's like, no it's matter so where weird. you go, I'm always staring at you. But if I'm yeah. looking down, like, <laughs> where I'm actually looking also, at you. I was just thinking, because I just realized you're horizontal, like, should I be this way? <laughs> well... That, that works too or is I mean, this fine because i'm vertical you know what i mean like my screen is vertical yeah it, i mean it doesn't matter i okay <laughs> we've already done the whole thing vertical so it's right <laughs> um but yeah these are these are interesting things to talk about opia that's um that's a uh that's a cool concept and i might be reading into that more later yeah um, so you compile all of it, you're self-publishing it, um, yeah. is self-publishing like an easy thing to do? Um, I think it is surprisingly more easy than I thought it would be. I'm actually not even using the system that I was hoping to use, um, cause Amazon, so there was this thing called create space where you can totally design your whole book, upload everything just how you want it, and they print on demand. But Amazon like took over that and then closed it. So what I'm using is called Lulu. Hmm. So essentially like I did upload all my designs, you know, the pages, everything, formatted it, all of that, and then like they print it for me, but that's it. Hmm. So it's, you know, they're getting shipped to me and then I ship them out to everybody else. But I mean, the process of like actually like, you know, making this physical thing was much easier than I thought it would be. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Um, can you hold it up again in the frame? Oh yeah. Um, okay. so. You want to explain the uh, the illustrations there? Yeah, so I mean, I kind of just used imagery that is throughout the book um, and just imagery that have always like struck me as meaningful or symbols that like keep appearing throughout my life. So, you know, I've got the moon, I've got an eye, I've got a poppy, a koi fish. Um, and on the back, I've got some water and kind of the O for Opia. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've always been drawn to 
nature and like the beautiful symbolism that is underneath a lot of nature just from history. Um, so like the poppy is often a symbol of death, which sounds really depressing, but I think it's really beautiful. Like it's such a gorgeous flower and there's so many different species of it. And, um, you know, in the book, there's a lot of like real death experiences and like deaths of relationships. So I liked that symbolism for it. Um, the moon, I definitely mentioned the moon a lot because I'm kind of a night owl and that's usually when I'm most creative. Um, and it's just, it's such a powerful force, especially being a woman and yeah. always being moved by the moon. Um, yeah. And then the koi, I, I do mention, I use a metaphor in one of my poems. It says something like, we write stories with our tongues, like koi fish tails flicking back and forth. Um, and it's just an animal that I've always thought is really beautiful and often used to like symbolize balance, like the yin and yang. Um, so yeah, I don't know, should I keep going or is that good? <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, that's good. That all, that all makes sense. And I appreciate the, you know, kind of breaking down the symbolisms there. Yeah, um, yeah. and the eye is kind of obvious. I mean, that's, everything we were talking about yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um cool so yeah well that's exciting that uh you have this book that's uh, coming out um in a couple weeks here yeah um yeah i guess my last question really is like what are what are your plans next like what's what what are you thinking about next oh, that's a good question um I mean, I've started writing more, so I think I'd like to publish another book. It'll probably be like another seven years, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I really hope that Riley and I can record soon for Mischief and Magpies. Um, I hope to keep writing for myself as far as like songs for Fiona Blue. Um, but yeah, no like really concrete plans just with what the state of the world has been, I've kind of, that's been my adaptation is like, don't really have expectations and like, don't make solid plans because who knows what's gonna happen. Um, and I actually, I start my practicum and internship this year for grad school. So I think my time is like, my free time is dwindling. <laughs> well. I'm glad we could uh, do this uh, in the meantime. Um, yeah, yeah, and I appreciate you like rescheduling with me too, because last semester I was going nuts. So <laughs> no worries at all. I I know how that is. So yeah, um, yeah, and I appreciate you coming on to talk about your music, about your poetry, about you know elemental energies and whatnot. Um, so as we're closing out here. Um, I ask everyone the same two things on the way out. <clears throat> uh, Fiona Blue, what keeps you up at night? <laughs> oh my gosh, what keeps me up at night? Mm, 
a lot of the time I'm doing the bad habit of like replaying conversations or things that I've had throughout the day. But recently I've been watching How to Get Away with Murder. So that has been keeping me up at night. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's nice. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, I recently finished Pose. Um, do you know about that show? I don't. Oh, it's great. It's, uh, it's about like ballroom culture um and like drag and uh the issues in like the lgbtq plus scene in like the 80s um but oh, wow. it's it's a great show it's on netflix um and cool. i just finished it um it's a story that's actually it's it features and is told by black trans women so uh that's amazing. yeah it's fantastic um what puts you to sleep <laughs> Mm, not much these days. Um, I think just like a long, busy day, you know, where I've given a lot of energy. That's really the only time when I can actually fall asleep relatively quickly. <laughs> I feel that. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for wanting to talk to me. Absolutely. I hope I can, I hope we can, uh, you know, hope I can see you again soon. Uh, yeah. You know, once shows are a thing again. Um, right. Very much yearning for that. For everyone watching, uh, be sure to check out Fiona Blue streaming everywhere. Um, yeah. And uh, check out her book, Opia, which is a uh, I'll be sharing a link uh, that you can check that out too. So, uh, also looking forward to what Mischief and Magpies, 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 yeah, <laughs> Magpies, yeah. Uh, we'll be out too soon. We'll be watching. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.